What's up, guys? This is Shana, and welcome to another episode of the Ehung Podcast. And today we will answer a question from email. This is from CF. Hi, bro. I am CF from JB, 28 years old. I got some questions for this withdrawal thing. I bought my first subsale apartment on 2018 and SPA dated 30 December 2018. Then my brother and I bought two more shop lots last year and this year. I am looking to invest another one next year and it might need some cash on hand. So I am thinking to withdraw from my EPF second account. I never withdrew any money from my EPF account so far and from the EPF website stated you can still apply for such withdrawal for first house as long as the SPA date is within 3 years from the application date. Is it safe to withdraw it out? Do they catch any fraud cases like this because I am using the money for investment? Or can I just use any excuse like I borrowed the money from my parents last time and now I am going to return back the money to them if I get caught? <laughs> Hope to hear from you soon. Thank you very much. First of all, thank you very much, CF. And first things first, right? You and your brother are insane where you guys buy property last year, this year, and next year you're gonna get another shop lot. Wow. Just when you thought the market is bad and everyone is scared in investment, right? You guys just proved us all wrong. And I can see why, right? So as discussed with many people lately as I was traveling and things like that, it's something beyond the email where now everyone keeps saying the market will crash, market will crash. Then another party says market is going to pick up. You're going to have a bull run or whatsoever. Which one is right? Which one is wrong? To me, both are right because it depends on which sector that you're looking into. So the question is, did the real estate market crash? If you look into student accommodations area, if you look into tourism hotspots, yes those did crash. But if you look into residential oriented locations such as PJ, Shah Alam, Puchong, Chiras and etc. right? On the normal days, they are already catering to only locals. Therefore, the market dynamics is determined by local market. And if you look into the rental rates, those didn't budge much. It's very, very resilient in that sense. So our perception, our belief towards what's going to happen to the market, right? Really depends on what you are focusing on, what you're looking at. However, as mentioned in the video many, many times, media ultimately is still a business. It's still somewhat a clickbait where the title of the video, for example, like market is going to crash for this title, right? Everybody will sure click in and see what I'm going to say. So it will be good for attention, but whether is it true or not, that's a whole separate issue. And that seems to be the behavior of media all this while. It was only several years ago we talked about oversupply, then we have property bubble, then we speak about property overhang, then now market crash. But when you look into other segments like the luxury watch segment, the luxury car segments, those are awesome. Those are doing so great. And in any moment of time, there will be people losing money and there will be people making money. So it depends again on what you're looking at. And for this case, right, this email demonstrated that just when everybody is kind of like afraid they are going in, when business are gloomy, like a lot of business closing down, the commercial areas are not as lively, then only you go in because you have seen the rental rates at its peak. And for commercial properties, right, it's no longer the rates that we are familiar with. For example, 4%, 5%, 6% ROI. It's going to be way more than that. And that rental rate is determined by the footfall, by the amount of cars and peoples around that area. Just imagine if you have a corner lot in Sutra, right? Ooh. For those who are not familiar with Sutra in JB, it's something like SS15 in Subang where you have the Starbucks and McDonald's corner. It's that prime. And also mentioning about the benchmarking 
of why 4 to 6% ROI per annum and why that became the benchmark for property investment. This is heavily influenced by the interest rates they cite by buying Nagara every year. And last time, for the longest time, it was around 5 to 6%. Therefore, if I were to invest in a property, it would only make sense if the return is at least 6%. If not, it's better to just put the money in a bank. No risk, confirm get. Instead of putting my money on a property, then maybe there will be certain possibilities that I will still lose money. So the lingo around investors is like, huh, what's the ROI? Oh, higher than FD, then I'll go in. And in today's context, the interest rate is around 2.9 to 3.1, around there, depending on how much you are taking in terms of loan. So the consideration of whether to buy property then becomes very different. If I were to invest in a particular property and it gives me 5% ROI, it wouldn't make sense when the interest rate is 6 to 7%, right? Because I still lose money. But in today's context, suddenly a 5% ROI property becomes interesting because if I were to put the money in the bank, it's only 3%. That's like full lockdown for a year. Maybe it's 2.8 in terms of 3 months to 6 months FD. Right? And these emails reminds us of the very, very initial episodes. I think it was done three years ago where how do we source for money in investment? Like if you have just started out, where do you get money from? You can use other people's money, ask from Pharma Foundation. If you're fortunate enough, save money. You can also get a lot of free money from the government. Let me look out for that video and see. There are also certain banks that gives you 110% in terms of loan. Let's say if you are buying a property at 300,000, they are giving you 330,000. The extra 10% is for you to settle all the necessary costs in terms of lawyer, valuation, bankers, administration, anything, right? Including renovation to a certain extent. And what this email is about, it's about EPF. And for those who don't know what is EPF, it's a Malaysia's retirement fund for the public. So as long as you are employed or you declare yourself under salary, there will be a certain portion of your salary to be debited into that account. And you can only withdraw from the account when you retire. Half during 55, the remaining would be 60, if not mistaken somewhere around that direction they divided the account into two accounts account one and account two account one is pretty strict in terms of criteria to take out only certain funds such as the Manu Life Investment Fund or certain bonds approved by Bank Negara allows people to take out money from account one for investment because they just want to ensure that everyone has certain amount of money in their bank or saving when they reach 55. And the hard fact is that a lot of people have more money in EPF compared to their saving accounts when they are 55. That's very unfortunate. But that's besides the point. Account 2 then that was established generally is for a lot of other reasons and you can find all those reasons in the website itself. For us, we're going to talk about the money that can be used for housing. So if you buy a particular property today, your very first property, let's put an amount, 500,000. 10% would be 50,000. And you can actually withdraw this amount out from account 2. Or everything inside account 2 so it means maximum you can withdraw 50,000 out from account 2 or anything inside it but please do take note you can only take out once you cannot be like account 2 got 30,000 I take out 10,000 first the second time I come back for the remaining 20,000 cannot because I fell into that trap very silly and this is one trick in the book to really multiply your first and second property really fast. You buy the first one using your saving. Then suddenly you got no more money in terms of capital. You use the SBA, go to KWSB, ask for the 10% out. And when you take this 10% out, go for another investment property already. Then now you got two sub-sale properties that can generate rental income. In terms of your DSR, it's looking good. Then you can go for the third one 
for property developers that's offering more than 20% discount either via bulk purchasing or new projects that just gives more discount and instantly you can get the first three already the fourth or fifth one we can discuss next time also on this note of EPF using the money to buy house is not scam it's not illegal it's meant for you to spend on those because they know that if you were to take out money and buy a house it's going to be pretty safe not only you can take out the money in terms of 10% cash you can also use it to balance out your monthly installments for example like this 500,000 property right every month the installment is like 1,006 right now I cannot pay finish out I can actually take out the account to amount to be deposited into that loan account directly so it's meant to somewhat help out and ease your cash flow a little bit but one thing to take note for that is you need to be very clear on your intention of doing that a lot of people keep taking money out from account two, like me. But if you're taking out the money for spending, leisure, fun purposes, I would discourage that. So just put the money in the bank. You will somewhat still confirm generate 5 to 6% interest on your money there. So if you're going to take out money for emergency purposes or you want to expand your portfolio or you have an investment that can generate more than 6% in that sense, only you withdraw money out of this account two of your EPF. In this sense, if you want to buy your shop lots, please do so, right? If you have calculated everything and you have successfully buy the first, second, now going for the third one, by all means, it's not illegal. And thank you for being so inspiring. Suddenly, after reading your email, it makes me think that I'm lazy. I'm like taking a chill right, right now because I made some investment during the MCO. So I thought like now, everything starts picking up. I'll just slow down a little bit on my next one, right? But now looking at CF from JB, right? I'm slacking. Oh yeah, on another side note, for new graduates that just joined in the workforce and you're paying EPS, right? Please do get the online account, the I account, whatsoever they call it, because it's just going to ease the documentation process and etc. in the future. Like now, whenever you take loan, they will need your EPF statements and you can just go online and generate the PDF and send over to your bankers immediately. If not, you need to go to the actual counter, use your thumbprint, TT and to see. Yeah, so that would be a little bit more troublesome. So just get the I account. And I think that's all for this email. Thank you very much, CF. All the best in your next investment. Maybe the next time I'll stop by JB, I'll stop by your shop lot. Leh. <laughs> and with that, thank you very much again for watching. And for those who still have any questions regarding real estate, do just email me at T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G. T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao.